0: Alison Rosen, Alison Rosen is your new best friend. Alison, Alison, with perfect good times never end. Alison Rosen, do the wavy brits and pants again. Alison Rosen, Alison's your new best friend.
1: Hey everyone, hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with my friend, Phil Rosenthal, who was last on the show 2015 a lot has happened since then wow yeah in 2015 you were on and uh i'll have what phil's having on pbs was just about to launch oh boy and now you're back with uh season two of a different but similar show (laughs) now on netflix called somebody feed phil yeah so a lot to get into let's just start with the theme song which will be stuck in my head Till I shuffle off this mortal coil. Possibly it'll follow me into the next realm. Let's I don't hope. know. <laughs> but
2: by the way, it's funny you say that because I was just listening as your theme song played. And I think it's so catchy and so great. And I was going to ask you, uh, don't you think it's important? I do. Don't you think it's fun? Like it I love Like it people right away. Yeah. I think people look like like, if you like the show Friends, mm-hmm. that theme song was so catchy and great. It was part, I think, of the appeal of the show. Right. And I think a theme song can do that. And I like that yours is kind of a throwback. It is. Mine is kind of a throwback.
1: Yes. Right? It, makes, it, it evokes um, a sitcom from yes. the, I don't know what era, 70s, well, 80s I'm maybe? say the 90s maybe. 90s, okay.
2: Uh, but it's Lake Street Dive. And mm. they're a great, great band. I recommend them to people if you can get some of their albums. That Rachel Price who sings the lead vocal, she can sing anything. They met at New England Conservatory of Music. They came from disparate musical backgrounds, but what they had in common was they all loved pop music. I love and it. And so their albums are phenomenal. And now they wrote a song for me, very specific song like yours is for you. I couldn't be happier. I have it in my head. I wake up in the morning singing my own song. Is that sick? I like it.
1: Can you sing it for the listeners who are unfamiliar?
2: Uh... uh happy, hungry man traveling all across the sea and the land. He's trying to understand uh, the art of Pasta, pork, chicken, and lamb. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh uh He will run to you. He will fly to you. He will <laughs> sing for you. He will dance for you. He will laugh with you. He will cry for you. There's just one thing he asks in return. Will somebody, somebody, somebody feed Phil? Somebody feed, feed him now. <laughs> and then if you go to the end, if you make it that far, mm-hmm. the end credits have the rest of the song with more lyrics. <gasps> yes.
1: Netflix. Netflix always wants to get you off it. Yes. But,
2: but push the button and listen. I will. I
1: they will. They said to me,
2: you know, you should only put the theme song on one episode, the first episode, because we want people to binge watch and, you know, they don't like having that opening. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got the greatest band mm. to do the... Th- I want the song. People like the song. Is that why there's been a move away from theme songs? Because, like, yes. you
1: know... Have they you- want you
2: to... They, I, for some reason, they want you to... Binge.
1: Have you seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I have. Um, that I think that has no theme song, right?
2: It's on the possible. end credits,
1: it does, but well, it listen, just like just the, throws up the title, and then there you yes. are in
2: the episode, being the, charmed. On Raymond, sometimes we cut the theme song for time because mm-hmm. we were in a time constraint. But on Netflix and Amazon, you don't have a time constraint, so why not have it? So, so they said, okay, you can have a theme song, but we're going to have a little button for people to push skip intro. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big threat.
1: Well, I never pressed skip intro because it's good. I if I you like have a the lousy theme song, theme song if you right.
2: have a you know lay, laborious boring song, but this is catchy and and fun. Just I like, think it, it boosts the show a hundred percent.
1: It makes the show makes the
2: show. <laughs>
1: yes. So the even show if you is hate made me, come it, come for the music. That's right. Like Orange is the New Black, I enjoy the theme song. Yes. Even if I binge watch that show, which is. Typically, if I watch it, I watch a few episodes in a row. I don't fast-forward through that song.
2: I forgot the song. What is it?
1: It's, um, I think it's called Animals by Regina Spector. Oh, an old song. I think she wrote it for the show, oh, really? actually. Yeah. But it's like a good rock song. Excellent. So, Somebody Feed Phil. Here we go. Explain how you got from uh, I'll Have What Phil's Having to yep. Somebody Feed Phil, because I know there Very was a- easy. <laughs> Was it very easy?
2: Uh, easy explanation.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, the actual process was not that easy, right? No, two years. Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh, look how old I am now. That's <laughs> terrible. Two <laughs> These
1: are prime years of my life gone. Know, it's, it's like you've been president. What happened? Because <laughs> they age real fast. Say, I'm just kidding. Can't, you can't you say don't.
2: president anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I, I called something a... a I called something a shithole the other day, and I'm like, I can't even say that. He ruined shithole for us. He's, you can't even say that anymore. Right? You can't say you it. You
1: can't. You can't say shithole. You can, not that I said tremendous before, but I'm certainly not saying it now. Huge. Pussy.
2: God, listen. <laughs> One of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say it anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so what What, what happened? They what didn't, was
2: the p- PBS didn't pick up the show. It's that simple. Right. It's no, no, I can't, I can't say why. I can't say anybody did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. But then it was a legal baloney trying to get it over to Netflix. Netflix wanted it, and it was just all this legal crap. The name got changed. That's For about legal it. Reasons? Yes. Also, Netflix likes to rebrand. They want to – not rebrand, brand brand Mm -hmm. their stuff, original content. Because they carried – I'll have what Phil's having on the channel, but only in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, they pushed a button last Friday, and Somebody Feed Phil is is on in every country on the earth. Oh, yeah. Six episodes at at once. Right. It's unbelievable. I'm getting – I'm getting, you know, people are – Texting me, tweeting me from around the world. It's so exciting. It really is. So, what's different? The title, the fact that we shoot in 4K now, ultra high definition. So, everything looks gorgeous in the show except for one thing. And then, and then uh, <laughs> the theme song. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. I think you'll see.
1: When did you shoot uh, Somebody Feed Phil? This past year. So it was held up, like, did you, how did you feel when it, when When it wasn't going? Yeah, because I I saw you a couple times during that and you seemed. I was very frustrated. Yes.
2: I was pulling my hair out. I was, I was very, very, I couldn't believe it because the show had done well. Mm -hmm. It won the James Beard Award for Best Food and Travel Show. This is not my field. Right. Right. (laughs) And to have that, it was such a, like, I. this is going well, but this happens in life. We think we have ups and downs, and we thought that this was, you know, here we go. We're mm. going to get to do this now, and then we're not. And then I, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and Netflix, you know, I'm not, I'm not disparaging them in any way, but they don't need to rush. <laughs> they have a million shows. Right. So they, they said, wait till that contract runs out with them, whatever, for whatever we can wait, and, and so they waited, and so I waited. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But now we're back, and now it seems to be great again. So I'm happy.
1: How much do you think the fact that it it's finally here, Somebody Feed Phil, on Netflix mm-hmm. with your theme song, how much <laughs> was that because you pushed to make it happen versus... Because um, I I'll, I remember seeing you at some point in the interim, and you were saying that like every day you were calling.
2: Oh, yeah. You have to.
1: That Well, that's my question. That's how- the
2: lesson. Okay. I figure... We knock our heads against the wall trying to get a job, let's say, any job in the field we've chosen. Why not knock your head against the wall? This is what I learned after all this. Why not knock your head against the wall for the thing you would love to do more than anything in life? Why not? Mm -hmm. If you're going to put it all out there anyway, at the end of the day, do you really want to have spent that much time and effort into a thing? Yeah, at least I'm making a living. No. Why not shoot high? Right. Aim high. This thing, I think by any standards in the world, is the best job. <laughs> the best job that anyone could ever hope for.
1: Right. Originally, and it was titled Lucky Bastard, right?
2: That was what my brother first said when I said we got this show on the PBS show. What do you mean? They're going to let you go around the world and eat? Yes, What are you going to call the show? The Lucky Bastard? And we couldn't, but that is the name of our production company. Right. Yes. So, yes, I'm a lucky bastard. I'm I'm not going to tell you that I'm not lucky. I'm very lucky, but I will also say... I pursued this. I wanted to do this. This thing combines everything I love about show business, right? Making a show, being on location. It utilizes whatever abilities I have in writing and directing and producing, even performing, Mm -hmm. right? If you can call it that. Uh, And then then it combines everything I love in life. Family, friends, food, travel, laughs, all together. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is like... Wow, what a second act I get to have. <laughs> this is a good This is a good thing. I want it to continue. I have other ideas for other shows and other books and even movies and podcasts and whatever else. But if I could do this the rest of my life, hello, I'm here.
1: Does it feel like you're... Um, I'm going to attach words to it and you tell me if these are the wrong words. But does yeah. it feel like you're calling more than Raymond did?
2: It is the promise in a way... That I made to myself as a little kid that I would have a show, (laughs) right? Because when we're kids, we don't know that there's writing and directing and producing. Mm -hmm. I was watching the Honeymooners reruns as a kid and falling in love with them, with Art Carney and Jackie Gleason and everyone else who made me laugh on TV uh, and in movies and – That's what I pursued. I I studied theater in school. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a character actor, a funny guy. That's all I wanted to be. I thought maybe Saturday Night Live would be where I ended up. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. I couldn't even get an agent in New York. I didn't have the stomach for acting, for the business. Right. And so I I was lucky enough to be able to write and to be able to, you know, now eat whatever I wanted for dinner (laughs) instead of tuna fish every night. So that decision was kind of made for me by me with with uh, with scripts and writing. But now here have come full circle. Listen, this is not to say that Raymond was in any way less than of course it was greater than this. I think it obviously made more of an impact than this show will ever make uh culturally or on you personally or both. Both. It was a, it was it was undeniable that it, wa- it was a big success, uh, and also worldwide. I don't think a show like this could can approach that. Mm-hmm. Times are different now, mainly because there were four networks when we did <laughs> Everybody Loves Raymond, and now there's a million. And you're competing with a million things just on Netflix alone. Mm-hmm. Do you know the day we premiered, they had a surprise premiere of a new show. They announced it maybe five days before. You know what it was? They already had 3 new things coming out the same day as us, but the surprise one, same day as me, David Letterman's return to television with Barack with Obama, Obama. Yeah. Yes, my own family said, "Let's watch that." <laughs> yes, I'm not I was with them. I had right. seen my show, "Let's Watch That." And by the way, it's a fantastic, show.
0: Did you see it? <laughs> I haven't seen it Let yet. Let me plug that show.
2: That's here's what I realized. Because the world is so different now, it's not like your movie is opening against the other movie. They're literally taking money away from you. Mm-hmm. Netflix is like a, like a giant buffet, right? And if they're going to put lobster out on the buffet and not charge a lot for it, a lot of people are going to come to the buffet mm-hmm. and they're going to eat your potato skins when they're there. So you want the big lobster dish there.
1: Right. Dave, there. you're
2: a big lobster dish. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's all good. And if you're lucky, they'll say at the end of The Letterman Show, stay if you, st- you know, in 10 seconds, this idiot show is going to come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be sucked into that without the theme song, maybe.
1: <laughs> can you say a little more? Um, And then I need to ask you questions yeah. about Pulque and, oh, and other specific things. Oh, I foodie love getting things. specific. Um, but can you say a little more about the decision to push to make this dream happen um just because i personally struggle with like i you know there could i I feel like my dreams have changed somewhat in the last couple years but like there could be something i really want and yet part of it and this is my own hang up is like i really want it and i want someone else to like out of nowhere hand it to me because they recognized that i would be that good
0: we
2: always want that of course like like I reached a point where I could self-finance things if I wanted, but I feel like, no, I want – I feel like then I'm just being indulgent Mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody wanting my work. Right. That will be more validating and more satisfying if somebody – it's not that I need or even care about the money – I never have, really. Mm-hmm. It's always been the stuff I like. But I do feel like unless somebody is willing to – a network, a studio, something is willing to pay for your thing, maybe it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I'll say that. It's stupid. But I can't help that feeling. Right. And I read that Jerry Seinfeld feels the exact same way. He <gasps> could have produced Cars in, with Coffee himself. Didn't need it. But he actually said, until I got a sponsor, I didn't feel like I had a show.
1: Yeah, you want that validation.
2: Yes. Yes. And by the way, most people can't afford to do things themselves. So they need the sponsor to, mm-hmm. to have it go. So I'm saying. But. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. You, I think it's worthwhile maybe to produce your own sample. Right. Thing and put it out there. Nobody's going to just out of the blue say, you look like you would have a great podcast. <laughs> you look like you would have a good food and travel show. Mm-hmm. How would they know unless you show them something? I had to show them test things. That I had done.
1: How did you? Uh, this is like a kindergartner asking someone with a PhD. Uh, <laughs> but how? When PBS canceled you? Yeah. How did you know? Like this is bullshit. This show is good. I'm going to keep championing it.
2: It was a slow motion. It Wasn't even a cancel. It was just a slow motion. We're not. We're not picking it up for mm. whatever reasons. Okay. Fundraising, whatever it was. And it was then a torturous kind of uh legal thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain it. It just felt bad because here was this thing that was undoubtedly successful to win that thing and to and to have, you know, so many people write in and so many people even recognize. I couldn't believe how many times we were recognized just from a little PBS show that was on six times. That's mm-hmm. it. That's not a huge you know reach, and yet it was I, d- I can't explain it i don't understand it, but it happened. Netflix noticed it, so now I have a you know maybe a worldwide audience by the way, they don't tell you how you're doing right,
1: so how do you know
2: the response mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you see your social media go with lights up all of a sudden you have thousands more followers you know it th- I didn't go to a million followers, but I went from I don't know, 18,000 to 10,000 more Mm -hmm. in the couple of weeks that we've been on. Right. And it keeps every day. People are discovering. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's like you're you're on a shelf and people can pull down that show whenever they want. Mm -hmm. It's always there. People will discover the show years from now. They didn't get to it. They have, they're binging, you know, Peaky Blinders. (laughs) They just got to it. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, so... Ah, uh, the episode where you go to. Let's tell. Let's tell people where you go this season. Bangkok. Yeah. Uh, Lisbon. Yeah. Mexico. Excellent. That's the last one. New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. What am I leaving? Uh, Saigon. Saigon.
2: And. Come on. You're Allison Rosen. I
1: know. D- okay.
2: The key Bangkok. is in your last name.
1: Oh, Israel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Israel looked different than I imagined it. Um, I've never been there, Yeah. and apparently, I haven't seen that many pictures. It's like the, in a lot of ways, modern city. Tel I don't know Aviv. what I, yeah. yeah, I expected it to look more deserty or something.
2: There are those parts, yeah, but you know, Tel Aviv is a modern kind of city. It's not. I can't say it's the architecture is gorgeous. I, I think I talk about it in the mm-hmm. show, and somebody explains to me, no, this is what happens when right. Uh, you give Jews a, a city and they build it in a hurry because it all might be taken down next week. Yeah. Right? So it looks like that. And yet, it's on the water, it's on the beautiful coastline, and it's on the Mediterranean. The, everybody lives on the beach, right? And it's you ride your bike up along the thing, and the, there's. Yeah, it's really pretty. And the food is unbelievable. You know, the Israeli cuisine, which is a mishmash of everything mm-hmm. from the Mediter- Mediterranean area. All these influences from the Middle East and the Mediterranean are all in what's called Israeli cuisine that we know—the shawarma, the shakshuka, the hummus, right? All that stuff, the tahini. This is the number one most popular cuisine in the world at the moment. I did the number one restaurant in New Orleans. If you saw that one, is an Israeli restaurant. Mm -hmm. The number one restaurant in Philadelphia. The guy's won the James Beard Award. The guy who came with me to Israel because he's from there, Michael Salomonoff. He has a restaurant, Sahab, in Philadelphia. He's won the James Beard Award for Best Restaurant in America. Yes, Israeli. really. It's surprising. You go to Copenhagen, falafel. You go in, everywhere has this. They right. love it.
1: How do you find the. So in each episode, you um, pair up with a number of different people yeah. and uh, tour different places and eat with them. How do you choose the people uh, that you sort of pair up with in each episode?
2: Uh, in the case of the Tel Aviv episode, I knew Michael Solomonoff, and I knew he was a great uh, chef, and I had met him once or twice. And I said, if we can get him to come, let's get him, and he came, and it was great. And for everybody else, we do research. Mm-hmm. We we ha- we ha- we get tape on them. Maybe they'll do a Skype interview with one of our producers, and we'll see if they're you know that they- I let them look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see. I don't want to meet them until I meet them.
1: Oh, interesting. Yes,
2: I want it to be a real reaction, a real. And we either get along, we don't get along, whatever it is. That he's either stiff or he's great or she's wonderful or 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 I'm terrible with them, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I want the show to be real. I don't want it to be – there's nothing scripted when you see it. Any, every interaction is, is completely real. Every reaction is real. Yes, we write a little bit voiceover after to right. make a show out of it. But that's for – You know, factual information that I think you need or want, historical information, not too much because we don't (laughs) want to be boring in any way. It's entertainment first. But the show really is about – it's really not about food. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but it's really not. The Mm -hmm. food and and hopefully the humor is just a way to get you in. Because I want you to travel. Mm-hmm. I think not only would the world be a little better, but your life will be better. I know.
1: I, I was listening to uh, the episode that you were on of my show a few years ago, just yeah. to make sure we don't go over the same stuff. Right. Um, and we were talking about travel. And it, I haven't traveled ever since I had a kid. Of I course. mean, I've barely been anywhere. And I was talking to you on that episode about how watching um, I'll have what Phil's having made me really want to go to Paris and then we did go to Paris and we did and like the sick. I'll have what, I, I did get sick oh. <laughs> but before but before I got yeah, yeah I got so sick that I for the first time in my life lost my appetite so completely that like just the thought of food I, I had zero interest in food in Paris, and that's I that's re- like
2: torture I remember that's like Beethoven going deaf
1: it was yeah it was like I lost a sense and I remember yeah. thinking like oh Guess my problem with food and with like cuz my whole life it's always like dieting and measuring and counting and you know trying to just control <laughs> this thing um i was like oh i guess i guess i'm done with that like i truly thought i mean of course my you'll appetite, never eat again yeah i truly yeah. thought like oh i'm done ever ever caring about food what liberation this is even yeah. though i feel sick and of course it came back a, you know a few days later but yeah, I was so into the <laughs> food in Paris every but morning. But you had a day or two
0: before that Yeah, happened.
1: every morning, <laughs> I don't know who I told this to, they brought us these pastries, yep. and they were so good, um, like room service. So I was afraid that when they came to make up the room, they were going to take them, so I put them in the safe. <laughs> Brilliant. And then when right. I got sick, I was like, Daniel, get that food out of the yes. safe. Get rid of it. <laughs> like oh, man. The, the smell of the bread was making wow. me so sick. But anyway, uh, that was a, a tangent. <laughs> we were inspired from, because of you. And then listening to that, hearing you now is making me think like, i really got to get back into that. You do. Especially now, with the, well, when he's more of traveling age.
2: So we took uh, our kids, I think Lily was not even three when we went to Venice. Wow. And it was wonderful. And we thought, how's this going to go? You know, Ben was not even six, and Lily was not even three. Well, Venice turns out to be a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's mostly boat rides. Right. Right? And it's magical. It's like the It's a Small World ride, except everybody waving is Italian. (laughs) And then they'll walk, even, as long as it's to gelato or pizza, which it usually is. (laughs) And it's just this charming Wonderful place. There's two sections that are very crowded, obviously mm-hmm. the Piazza San Marco, you've seen, and the Rialto. So between nine and five, maybe you don't go to those places. There's plenty of other places to have a great time, and even secluded, quiet places where the kids can run around the piazza and not, you don't, you don't even have to worry that the, they're going to fall in the water because there's not water in these particular places. Right. Parks, be- I mean, stuff. I can't recommend Italy enough. Very kid friendly, Italy. A lot of Europe is kid friendly, mm-hmm. actually. All right, very good place to start. We'll do it. Yes, do it, do it. We've Spain, been wanting good. to go to Italy, Portugal. Oh my God, did you see the Lisbon show?
1: Yes, I've never been to Portugal, um, but I've always wanted to go.
2: Okay, so I'm here to say, this is Portugal is not the New Jersey of Spain. It's <laughs> it's its own fantastic place and i thought maybe it's not a top tier european city we're talking about paris barcelona right. venice right that's the first places you should visit in europe but lisbon is incredibly beautiful the food is amazing the the water it's just uh, i can't recommend it enough. i can't wait to go back
1: was was lisbon where you were eating um right on the water and there yep. was no railing yep so
2: maybe you don't take the kid there <laughs>
1: Um, you're sitting at a table, and then there's a couple people at the table in front of you. Yes. Now, are they part of? Were they just like extras, or were they part Honestly, of your crew?
2: They just happen to be there.
1: Okay, because it's so you make a joke, and yep. you see them crack up, and like try yes. to hide their yes, reaction. Yes, yes. It's so funny. I
2: I want I I want it to be completely natural. Obviously, those people have to sign a release when mm-hmm. we're done, but we're very unassuming. We don't have a big footprint when we go. It's two cameras, a sound. Guy, the sound guy clips a, a little mic under my shirt and under whoever I'm talking to, and if we don't need the boom, we don't have it. You, it the boom would have been in the shot, right? right? If we if we had it there, so we didn't have it. So that's all. And and people they're so used to cameras being around now. Everybody mm-hmm. they don't care.
1: Well, yeah, it seemed like you actually had you were trying to get people off the street to taste the uh, tacos al yep. pastor.
2: Yep. In Mexico. It,
1: yeah, it seemed like you were having a little trouble, but I remember, I love that scene where you're like, come on, I'm, we're filming a thing. <laughs> now, I have a bone to pick, though, with yeah. Ricky, yeah, uh, who tasted the tacos al yes. pastor and had such a small reaction. He
2: did. Not, not big TV no. reaction like you want. It's but okay. not even
1: like big real life. He reaction.
2: did, but he did like it very much. It seemed like you, he did. Was, I think he was more hungry actually right. than anything. <laughs> I think I saved him from starvation. It seemed like I That's don't nice. know. It's been. It's a thing I try to do. So the Mexico. I, oh, sorry. He, go seemed, ahead. he seemed. He seemed. He seemed happy. He really did. I felt bad for his vegetarian girlfriend. There was nothing there for her. Yeah,
1: I know you were trying to find something, and then your friends like, there's going to be nothing.
2: Do you like a plain uh, tortilla?
1: <laughs> um Okay, so the Mexico episode is the one I watched most recently, hence my questions from that episode. Yeah, you taste something called pulque, right? What does which is an alcohol that they drank in Mexico before beer? Yes. and also what the bread is made with. Right, here's here's
2: what's in my head before I drink it or taste it, and this affects, I think, the taste. Mm -hmm. It's such an ancient uh, alcoholic beverage. Do you know how the fermentation process starts with pulque?
1: I don't know how it starts with anything, really.
2: Well, pulque, it starts with spit. Oh, my God. That's right. So good luck with that. So you knew... That's in my head. Yeah. It was not nearly as terrible as you would think that was. And because it becomes alcohol, I, of course, understand that That I'm not going to be drinking spit. But still. that word is still in your head, mm-hmm. and you know I get and, uh, one of the funniest things is I give my brother a taste and he gives the real reaction. <laughs> that to me is comedy. <laughs> yeah. That his face was hilarious <laughs> because he really thought it was disgusting. I thought it was not great, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the word spit would have you believe.
1: Did it? What was it on the order of, like vodka or something no. with more way more no. flavor?
2: Uh, a very odd flavor, I have to say. I I should be able to describe these things, right? Given my job, <laughs> I don't. I can't describe it. It's a Bitter, very odd, sour. It's more soury, 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 fermenty.
1: Okay, I get the idea. Weird. And how- it
2: doesn't taste like anything else. It really doesn't. It's odd.
1: Phil, where do you come down? This is, I'm gonna ask the tough question: Where do you come down on umami? Because I'm convinced there is—it's not real.
2: I think it is real. I All think right. it's. Uh, I think it's because when I start listing the things that it's found in, you'll say, "Oh yeah, there is some connection with these things: uh, roasted tomatoes, uh, roasted mushrooms, Parmesan cheese, meat." They have a it's, – it's, it's what we think of as savory, mm-hmm. okay, savory. It's this thing, they call it the fifth taste. that was discovered in Japan by a scientist in the 1950s, and it's salt, sweet, bitter, sour, but there's also this other flavor. Somebody else said that there's now a flavor, maybe a sixth flavor of fat. But that's more of a mouthfeel, I think, than a, than a flavor. Yeah, I think that there's umami in fat, meaning that savoriness of it mm-hmm. and a little saltiness too. There's other things too. I forget what they are. anchovies, I think have an umami. Uh, so there's a there there's a real savory is the only word I can use to describe
1: it. All right. <laughs> but how is that different than salty?
2: It's not necessarily salty. If you've ever had meat without salt on it, it still has a savoriness. Does that make sense?
1: That actually does. All right, yeah. you've. I uh, apologize for my prior <laughs> comments. You to have the to umami apologize to Mr. Ind- umami in the, <laughs> industry. In Japan. Yeah. Uh, I think I briefly was going to make umami is not real a campaign of mine, and I will back away now. The,
2: the umami burger, the original umami burger, uh, was. Was five, I think, different umami laden ingredients in one burger, which made it really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never had that because it, it, it. The other thing it does is, it becomes this thing you crave, mm-hmm. which is which is an odd thing. It's almost psychological, right? Why do I want more of that? Right. Uh, it's not just salt and fat; it's something else.
1: It's umami. Yeah. I'm still resisting it. Today so, on
2: Science and Food.
1: <laughs> and the volcanic stone that they use to make the tortillas, that they yes. drop in water and then the water... How about that? Cold water and the water heats up. Yeah, wow. what, what was that?
2: That's a, it's not a, it's a, a type of calcium. I got to watch again. I forget things. But it's this ancient stone, kind of a limestone thing, mm-hmm. and that has a chemical a th- reaction... When you drop it in water, it starts to break down, and it makes the water hot, and it releases minerals into the water. And the ancient Aztecs were subsisting on this. It kept them alive. Just the corn flour and Mm -hmm. this water with this stone in it. It just
1: seems ingenious. Like, why are we not bathing in this? Right. I mean, maybe it actually would not be good for your skin. Yeah, I don't
2: know. But man... That tortilla that you see them hand make there, that's the single best tortilla i, I ever I know.
1: Had. I could almost taste it through the screen. It's, I mean, not really, but I felt jealous because I'm like, I bet that tastes so good. It's it so tastes fresh. like
2: someone made corn on the cob and just rolled it out and it's super fresh and mm-hmm. the greatest thing ever. Really. There's something to be said for preserving these heirloom, what they call heirloom uh, uh, seeds, right? Ancient seeds that haven't been touched by Monsanto or mm-hmm. or ruined by overprocessing or or kind of uh, uh crossbred to produce nice color right. in a tomato and right. so that what they forgot in the tomato is the flavor <laughs> it looks beautiful every tomato now looks gorgeous mm-hmm. tastes like nothing
1: but also um i've heard that foods are engineered to have like a strong flavor at the beginning that goes away quickly. I oh. remember hearing, watching some documentary about the way that orange seeds had been tinkered with huh. um, and that the flavor that they were going for, it was like a big burst of flavor that then forget, I don't know, like what's the decay? I think that they had some term that I think was an audio term also, like the like flavor decays really fast and then really? you want to keep eating it.
2: Well, I know they do that, I think, with chips. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole science of how they're, they, they, I mean, it's almost evil. Right. How they hook you. They don't want to make it, they don't want to give it too much flavor because if you had too much flavor in your chip.
1: You'd feel satisfied.
2: You would feel satisfied sooner. Whereas you, you, there's an initial flavor mm-hmm. and you keep chasing it by right. pounding down the whole bag.
1: Right. It is evil.
2: It's evil. It's it's it's, a, it's as evil as cigarettes. It really is. Yeah. I, I would guess that as many people, if not more, are getting sick from being obese and the health issues that come with that, from eating crap, than cigarettes at the moment.
1: I, yeah. I was going to say, these days, I I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, you um, spent the early part of your career around comedy people and yeah. actors mostly. And now, you still spend a lot of time with them, but... Um, you spend a lot of time with chefs,
2: yeah. cooks. Yeah.
1: Um, what's the difference in working with each group of people?
2: Oh, that's a good question. A lot of chefs are are just as uh, artistically minded and even egotistical mm-hmm. and, and for good reason about what they do. And they work really, really hard. Uh, I can't generalize because I meet people that are the sweetest, nicest human beings, uh, Nancy Silverton comes to mind. There's nobody better at what she does than her. If anybody has a right to walk around with her nose in the air, it's her. She's like a goddess. Mm. She, everything she touches is, they call her the queen of delicious. It's true. <laughs> I never had a bad thing ever come from her, right? There's a, uh, she just opening a pizza, another type of pizza place in Highland Park, I think today, uh, called uh, Triple Beam Pizza which is Roman-style pizza, meaning it's on big, flat focaccia, like like three yards long. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and you say, cut me off that much, and then they weigh it. Oh, And wow. you pay by weight, like in Rome. Oh, that's cool. And it's really good. So she's doing that. She never stops. She's great. But her personality is just someone you want to be your best friend. And then you meet chefs that are really super stuck up mm-hmm. and not very nice and yell at everybody and have zero personality but guess what? They're all there. Everyone is everywhere. It's not that makes a, the difference between a chef and a comedian. I don't know. I mean, comedians also I could describe the same way, <laughs> right? The sweetest people and the horrible people. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, so um, when I first, I was a journalist for years. And when I first started, uh, Started writing professionally, I would I interviewed musicians mostly. Yeah, it was musicians, and then I would do general stuff, and then back to musicians. And I remember, and and I remember.
2: Could you generalize?
1: I could generalize. Music to me, what I noticed being some differences between musicians and actors. Yeah, um, actors were usually much more fastidious, personality-wise, huh. and musicians were more improvisational and gregarious and kind of loose. Interesting. So you don't have any generalizations like that between food world people and...
2: Comedy people? Yeah, you don't have to. I think that, that I'm going to say chefs would be more fastidious. They have to be. They have to get, you know, they, they call it a mise en place, meaning the, the, the workstation. Mm-hmm. Everything, the spices, the, the, the stuff that they need to perform what they do has to be in order. Whereas a comedian could get up at four in the afternoon, scribble some crap down on a napkin and get up and say it, right? right, And not shower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess it, the, the, the profession dictates a little bit of how you're going to be.
1: Right. Well, speaking of personal grooming, oh. actually, I feel like that's not the best segue. What are you
2: doing with that razor? Oh, my God.
1: Right. See, it wasn't the right segue. <laughs> she's going to come after me. It wasn't the right segue. What I should have said is, you know what? You would really help you see the matter clearly. <laughs> yes. Hubble contact lenses.
2: Oh, it's an ad.
1: <laughs> I didn't know. No, this is just I didn't know you. Just something I wanted to. Do to this. I, it's just something I wanted to share with you. Sell me, Allison. And sell me. No, I'm not.
2: I'm open. I want to, to sell me a new thing that you like. All
1: right, Phil. Are you tired of overpaying for uncomfortable contact lenses?
2: Boy, am I. Do
1: you overwear your contact lenses to save money? I mean, you don't, but you probably know some people who do. I
2: can bet what the feeling is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yes. Itchy.
2: Yes, red eyes.
1: And also just the, like, what does that do for your sense of self?
2: I think you're irritable the
1: rest of the day. I think you are. What if I told you that you can get a fresh pair of lenses for every single day for less 60 contacts for $30.
2: I would have paid. Three times as much.
1: You don't need to. For that. Do the math. It's a dollar a day. This is half the price of other brands. Go to hubblecontacts.com and get your first two weeks free. These are quality daily lenses for half the price of the other guys. Hubble sells directly to you so they can offer contacts for half the price. Uh, No more overpaying. No more overwearing. Featured in Vogue, GQ, TechCrunch, Mashable, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Uh, Alan Moss, who used to be a regular on this show... Huge fan, said that they're really um, thin, so you barely even feel them. Look, I've been blessed with perfect vision, so I don't know. But I could imagine a thin contact lens would feel better than some kind of giant hubcap in my eyeball. Why do you want a Coke
2: bottle in your eye?
1: Right. Go to HubbleContacts.com to get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. You really can't beat this deal. Hubble is offering my listeners two weeks of free contacts. So go to HubbleContacts.com and get twenty twenty vision for half the price that's H-U-B-B-L-E contacts.com.
2: I love a deal, and this deal is so good that I don't need these things. I'm buying them.
1: Man, I really do sell well. <laughs> okay. So, we're here's back. a broad, we're back. Here's a broad question. Um, on the last episode, you were talking about how important travel is to you. Mm-hmm and uh, how important a good meal is and that maybe your parents didn't understand the <laughs> value of a good meal at the beginning because it's like but but why spend that much on a meal it's going to be you know you God. can't save That's you can't right. save it mm-hmm. um, so then i was thinking about this idea of collecting experiences or collecting memories That's right. being something that really t- does stay with you for a long time do you have a favorite experience
2: or favorite memory I have lots of them. I think the most mind-expanding thing we can do in life is travel. I remember my first trip to Europe, right? I was 23, and I had no money, and I got a DHL courier job. Did we talk about this before? We
1: did, but that's okay, because not everyone will have heard. The
2: feeling, uh, I'll be brief, it was a free flight over to Zurich, I think. And once I was there... You you gave them your luggage tags, DHL, their stuff went as your excess baggage, and then you were free to go. They- you didn't get paid at all. You got you got the flight coach class, flight to Zurich. Two weeks later you're gonna come back. The two weeks in between is your time.
1: You could they could never do something like that now,
2: right? Or do but they? The equivalent is the $99 flight to Oh, Europe. right. No, but I just you know? mean
1: in terms of like, here, take this package across the country.
2: I guess they don't do that anymore. Not. But it used to be, now they're as big as FedEx, I would imagine. Yeah. They don't need to do that. But that when they were starting in the this the early 80s, that's how it went. And they needed, you know, people without real jobs and kids who had time to go and do this. They just needed a warm body in the seat mm-hmm. to give the luggage tags on the other side. So I did it on on uh, my my roommate who had the connection, he did it on a Tuesday, and then he waited there for me. I came on a Wednesday into the train to Paris. Now, we don't have money. We have maybe two $300. We're staying in hostels. We're staying in bed and breakfast, uh, pensiones, and we're staying on friends of friends' couches. And I have to tell you, best experience of my life, hmm. because my mind was blown. I never traveled anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that first trip that you take, and I'm talking to the young people out there, you don't you literally don't know what you're missing. And and for older people, come on. Um, my whole show exists to get you off the couch. Mm-hmm. I think the world will be better if you did that. Maybe we wouldn't be in the position we are today if more people traveled and got a little bit of someone else's experience. But beyond that, selfishly, for you, your life will be better. I remember walking down the streets in Paris— and thinking, holy God, I've never had this feeling, this appreciation of the day, mm-hmm. of the glorious day, of the tree on the sidewalk, of the, of the, the, the way the architecture is, the way the thing. And I remember f- actually thinking, what if I could take some of that feeling home with me? I have to remember to take this feeling of enjoyment and joy and, and love of where I am home with me. And I did. And that stayed with me. I'd walk down the street in New York. And say, hey, that tree where on the block that I live is pretty great too. <laughs> hey, that park. Hey, that piece of pizza. We have great things too. It awakens an appreciation for life. That's, that's the best thing I can say. Travel awakens an appreciation for life. And you owe yourself that. We're only here for a little while. Mm. I think it's a one-way street. Come on. Yeah, I also say, you're never going to be as young as you are right now. I remember climbing up this giant thing in the Amalfi Coast to this trail. They call it the Trail of the Gods. It's like 1,000 feet up. You got to you gotta uh, uh, climb like uh, 45 minutes worth of steps. It's hard. I did it a couple of years ago. I remember, thank God, my legs still work. <laughs> right? Because in a couple of years, who knows? You could fall down. By the way, that's my health tip for people. Over 40, don't fall down.
1: <laughs> Let's say a young person said to you... Um, I've managed to scrape enough money to take a scrape together enough money to take a trip. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to last me for a long time. I haven't traveled much. Mm-hmm. Where should I go? Like where would you recommend someone starts if they want if they want to um up their appreciation for life?
2: Well, uh if you don't have a lot of money, you're gonna take the shortest flight possible, right? Because that, that and I think, you know, maybe if you're on the West Coast, maybe you go to Asia. Mm-hmm. It's cheap there. I had one of the best dishes I've ever had in my life in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It was a bowl of coconut curry soup. It's called cow soy. It's got big piece of chicken in it, beautiful pasta, all kinds of pickled mustard greens and onions and shallots and chilies and cilantro, and then crispy noodles on the top. This bowl would feed three people. It's massive. Big piece of chicken, like a whole drumstick, a whole five, maybe a breast, even a dollar. Wow. They say the best things in life are free. I'm going to amend that and say or a dollar. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, if you wanted the combo beef chicken, a dollar 50. He was running a deal <laughs> this guy.
1: And if you're on the East Coast, where would you say?
2: Europe, of course. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Is there anywhere that you haven't gone that you want to go?
2: Yeah, plenty. Sure. I haven't been to India at all, right? I've only seen uh, Barcelona in Spain. I need to see all of Spain. There's the northern part of France I haven't done. Uh, a lot of France I haven't done. Uh, let's see. Where else? I haven't been to Istanbul. I haven't been to Morocco, right? I haven't been to New Zealand. I hear that's great. I haven't been to Shanghai or most of China. Yeah, it's a big world. And I I could go for a while. Yeah. You know? They they asked me at Netflix, do you have any locations? i like, are you? How many are there? Let's go. <laughs> infinite. But I am starting, if I want to get Americans who don't travel to travel, mm-hmm. I'm starting with Earth's Greatest Hits. I'm starting with the things that I find are most accessible, where almost everyone speaks English anyway, right. and you're going to have a hotel with a bed, because, we're, you know, um, like I say, I'm, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain, if he was afraid of everything.
1: <laughs> uh, what was the best thing you ate? On this season and
2: your least favorite. That dish I just described is certainly up there. Mm-hmm. That, that bowl of cow soy. And now I come home to LA. It's so great to live in LA because we do have such diversity. And I've actually found really good versions of that. Some not as good. Now I have a frame of reference. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going for that feeling of what it felt like in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And there's, there's even, what like, can I plug it? Yes, please. There's a place called Cow Soy Thai in Studio City. It's called cow soy. Get the cow soy there. It's really good. It's really close to what I had.
1: Is that spelled like cow soy?
2: No, it's spelled K-H A O and then S O I. Also okay. in Thailand I had this crab omelette. I don't know if you saw that, mm. but that was awesome. The worst thing I have to say was in Mexico City. I think if you just saw that, I I my friend Bill Esparza, who's from here and he knows all about tacos and all about Many, many, many varieties of Mexican cuisine. So he was great to take. He says, we're going to this market. Uh, I'm going to give you three tacos. I'm not going to tell you what's in them. And I don't like this game. <laughs> I really don't. I don't like surprises that involve meat. But <laughs> right, I took a bite. I don't know what I was thinking. The monkey never learns. I took a <laughs> big bite out of the first one. It was awful. And it was awful. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a cow's udder. You can't even. They don't even sell that in America, right? I think for good reason. It's it. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say this now. It's going to turn you off. Should I say it? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I think now when he told me it was cow's udder, the the what I was tasting was maybe a little old milk in that udder.
1: Oh. God. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's probably what udder would taste like. It'd I think be real I'm, milk infused. I'm
2: helping uh, people with their diets today. It's... Is
1: there like the whole teat in the udder?
2: Oh, God. Let's hope not. It was, it was. I only had one bite, so mm. I don't know what I What got. was the texture? Kind of kind of rubbery, uddery. I actually thought... If you had known, would you not, not have would, had a bite? Honestly, I would have, uh, because when you think of it, if you forget the milk part, mm-hmm. which is disgusting, uh, why it seems like soft meat like why how bad could it be? Right, turns out pretty bad <laughs> and then and then the next one, I took a smaller bite because oh, now I'm getting smart, mm-hmm. maybe take a not as big a bite of right. the next one, and that was gross too, I thought, for me, this is all personal taste and what we're used to. Listen. They drink pulque. They like think you know. Everybody likes a thing that we don't. Uh, people eat bugs around the world. Right. I'm not into it very have you, much. Have you tried bugs? Yes.
1: Yes. How were, were they nutty, like they say?
2: Uh, in Mexico City, there was a sauce that that they had crushed uh, ants Ugh. in the sauce. Yes, disgusting. It sounds right. Yes, I have to say that it provided a saltiness that was different than salt. This is, this is it was not gross. Again. It okay. really was not. The idea is gross. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a difference. Yes, the old milk taste in the udder truly is gross to me. Not to Bill Esparza. He likes it. Right. Maybe it doesn't taste that way to him. Maybe it's the idea in my head the I know, moment it's... I heard udder. And maybe it's the idea of ants that you're going to hate it no matter what because we can't get over that. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, keeping an open mind, which I try to do, it was not bad. Now, am I seeking out ants every meal? No. But it was interesting. And I want to tell people that the tasting is its own reward. The search for the delicious thing is fun and and great because if you don't taste it, how are you going to know if it's good? What's the worst that happens? I don't like it. Right? I didn't like the other. I didn't have to take another bite. I didn't do it. Is there anything... Like, where
1: have you drawn a a line of, like, I will not taste that? Is there anything?
2: So far, no. But I heard about things. I heard about, like, a friend of mine went to China, like, the rural part of China, and he was the guest of honor at a thing. And it was a banquet. And here comes a guy holding a live, poisonous snake. Mm. wriggling around. They take out a knife, they slit open the snake at the table, they pull out the snake's gallbladder and squeeze it into a glass and hand it to my friend because he is the guest of honor. Oh my God. Please don't honor me, I want to <laughs> say. Please, I cannot accept this honor.
1: Did he He enjoy had to, it?
2: It had to, it, he had to do it. It yeah. would have been a grave insult. Not to, So I want to never find myself in that position. Right. Here's, I'm going to say the one word, That I know is going to trigger the same reaction as the milk in the... I said, what was it like? And he goes, the first thing you notice when you put it in your mouth, it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's as disgusting as you can imagine. And of course, legend has it, this has great nutritive and restorative and sexual powers. Right. So you're honored to have this disgusting, disgusting liquid. (laughs)
1: Have you had brains?
2: I think I've had maybe calf brains and maybe even pig brains.
1: Mm. Oh, right, because you had the pig face cheese, pig head face cheese.
2: But I don't think there were brains there, but I think I've had it. You know, if nobody told you, I don't think you'd know. It's yeah, again the I'm idea. I'm aware. I'm right? aware that it's
1: like just where we draw. It's so cultural, and it's so where we draw these lines. Because really, why is eating the muscle of a cow different than some other organ of a cow? Of course, but it it just is. It just and by the way, some of the best
2: cuisines in the world stemmed from peasant cooking, who got what they called the scraps, mm-hmm. uh, not the prime cuts, the offal, the organs and stuff. I mean, sweetbreads are are. A gland of, of the animal it's one of the most delicious things you'll ever eat It's everything is about the sauce it really is yeah. meat, vegetables, they're all vehicles for sauce the great vegetables when you're lucky enough to get them from, from a real farm with real no, no monkeying around with it they taste fantastic people don't even know how good they can be there's a guy Dan Barber in New York he has a Blue Hill at Stone Barns mm-hmm. have you heard of this place? Mm-hmm. it's my favorite restaurant in the country Everything you eat is coming from the farmer very nearby if they don't have it themselves. And he is working on cross-pollination, not not with chemicals or any kind of Monsanto-ish monkeying around, but breeding, let's say, a butternut squash. If a butternut squash is like a foot tall, he realized that if you bred out a lot of the water in that thing, it would shrink it down and it would gain in flavor and nutrition. Mm -hmm. He taught me that- the more flavorful a vegetable is, that's where also the nutrition is.
1: That's so interesting. I had
2: no idea that the nutrition of a thing was tied to the flavor. Right. And it is.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, because yes. like iceberg lettuce or something, it's it's Nothing. so watery. Nothing. And not much flavor. Zero. Huh.
2: Yeah. Well, so no, go was... for those nutritious right. vegetables, the really green, you know, one, the the, the yeah. red beans, you know, the stuff that has a... Flavor on its own. That's nature's way of showing you this is the good stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Um, does eating, for you, does eating while filming, how does that compare to eating when there's not a camera on you? Like, does it add something to the experience of it? Does it detract? It makes neutral? me a little
2: braver, I have mm-hmm. to admit. You're gonna maybe going to try that ant because the camera's on you. Right. Right? It makes you a little more stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you feel like you're in a position. You, literally, people are watching, so you better do it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like jumping in the pool. Everyone's watching. You better go.
1: Let's take some questions that listeners sent
2: in. Oh.
0: a nice song. When we ask, they send them in. they wonder in how you have been. So thanks so much for-
1: All right. Shira Myers would like to know, margarita pizza, tomatoes baked on or added on after?
2: Baked on. Okay. You add them on later, they're cold.
1: Um, <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Okay. Uh, was the very welcome, hope? oh, sorry, bruised by dawn... Wants to know, was the very welcome, hopeful tone of Somebody Feed Phil a deliberate counterpoint to the discord of today or just the way sharing good food works? Hashtag great show.
2: I love that question. Uh, Obviously, the the first series, I'll have what Phil's having, was before all this, right? Mm -hmm. And I never intended to be political in any way. I just wanted to be a human being, uh, making friends where I went and encouraging you to travel. All of a sudden, the embracing of other people and other cultures is somehow a political statement. (laughs) I'm some pinko liberal because I like people and eating with them? I will say, if I'm being put in that position, how about this for a slogan? Instead of a wall, how about a table?
1: (laughs) Oh, I like that.
2: Right? If you're eating with somebody, food, I find, is the great connector. And then laughs are the cement. Mm-hmm. If we eat together and the food is good, we're enjoying ourselves and we share a laugh. Now, the next thing you know, we want to eat again. Now we're friends.
1: Have you found that people are are reading a, a political statement into it?
2: I think you can't help it. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of uh m- mail and and a lot of uh how do you say it when somebody's tweeting at you or, or I get tweets and I get Instagram messages and Facebook messages. Who are saying what a nice respite this is from, you know. And I, I will say this, that everywhere I go, this is a generalization, I find that people are much better and nicer than their governments. Mm. It's not just us.
1: Amy Christensen says, you seem delightfully happy. What does it take to upset you?
2: Oh. Listen, I'm a person. Everything. Everything. <laughs> It's everything. Any slight, anything you know. I can uh, any any not nice thing. Any time you have to be inconvenienced. Any time you're not comfortable. Any time, yes. I'm, I I never want to lose sight of the fact that I'm incredibly lucky. So that tempers it a bit. Uh, I don't get too upset, but I get upset. I get and annoyed and stupidly annoyed. You would say, "What are you? What are you reacting like that for?" Yes, because. Deep down, I'm a child like everybody else, and and everybody has, you know, yes, I'm in a bad mood. I don't put the bad mood on television. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who wants to see that?
1: Would you consider yourself a malcontent?
2: Oh, no. Depressive? I can get depressed, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anxious? Yeah. I'm a worrier. Mm Mm-hmm. I worry a lot. I wish I didn't. Like, I, if I have a script assignment or if I have to write something, I worry, worry, worry about it. For some people, they love writing. Not me. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, oh God, homework again. And will it be any good? And I worry. And then I think maybe the quality of a lot of things in our lives would be better if people worried about them a little more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just doing the lion's share worrying because other people aren't aren't doing it enough.
2: I wish I didn't. I don't like the feeling. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, good. I get to worry now.
1: No. Right. But you... Well, actually, one of the questions, I think... I
2: worry we'll, about we'll get... how the show's doing. Because I, I don't know. I think it's terrible not to know. How it's... How... The thing that you worked years on. Right. And now is out there. How's it going? We can't tell you.
1: That's... Yeah. That's <laughs> like a mind
2: fuck. Excuse but, my language. But I'm getting beautiful response. It may be, you know... A hundred people. <laughs> I don't know how many people are watching. In a way, it actually
1: almost um, is there a way that it's liberating that like the only way you can measure if you're doing well is by people's reaction?
2: Is by people's reaction. Well, what I'm saying is that I'm getting wonderful reactions. That's
1: what I'm saying. Meaning I love as opposed it. to if you were actually getting numbers, is there yeah. some like in a way is it liberating to you to not get the I, I'm I'm guessing it's not. I'm guessing you would like the numbers.
2: Here's what I would like. Yeah. Both. Mm -hmm. I want a lot of people really liking it.
1: Yes, of course. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, Okay. Tracy says, I adore watching Phil's enthusiasm for all things new. Does he approach daily normal routines in the same way? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
2: That's what I'm talking about. Trying to keep that feeling. Now, am I happy about every single thing? No. No. But I do enjoy if I know that there's a place that makes a fantastic sandwich and I'm going to get to have that sandwich. I don't want it every day, mm-hmm. but once a week for a while, I think I can do it and really look forward to it. What
1: happens if you go there and you get your favorite sandwich mm-hmm. and it just wasn't, they didn't, they just messed it up?
2: I may mean, not be back. Mm. John- I might give them, if, I, if I've loved, loved, loved it, I give them one more chance. Maybe even talk to them. Ask a question, right? Not mean, not like, "What the hell did you do to my?" Is there anything different about this today? Is there something? Something, right? I was tasting pizza yesterday mm-hmm. at this place that's about to open, and it was great. But I said, "Did you put salt on here?" And they said, "Oh, not much." I was like, "What if you add a little more?" They add a little more, and it was way better to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Right. Maybe you're hearing this and going, "What are you adding salt? That's bad." right bad I'm for not. us uh, but for me you know i got maybe emboldened by my job now that i have an <laughs> opinion maybe you don't even want to hear my opinion but i have
1: it um do you have trouble feeling happy
2: wow not lately i've made adjustments i used to i think mhm but again i can fall into a depression i think easily Uh, If things don't go well, I was was kind of in a funk for these years waiting for the show to happen. Mm -hmm. It was very, very frustrating. And it was all I could do to not go crazy. You know what I did? I took a meditation course. And that has helped me, I think. Do you still do it? I do. Twice a day when I can. 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it sounds like mumbo jumbo to a lot of people. Here's all it is. Sit with nothing 20 minutes. Sit, close your eyes, 20 minutes. It's like a nap. It's like it's not very far from a nap. Mm-hmm. You're just not. Think about whatever you want to think about. You know, with TM, they give you a little mantra, a little, which is just a, a word, a right. nonsense word you say in your head, which gets you focused on that instead of, let's say, your worries. Mm-hmm. But they say if you got, if you have worries, go ahead and worry. But then the worry is over.
1: Oh, like you've... You you've- see? Giving it a little boundary. It's
2: how you feel afterwards that makes a difference.
1: Can you meditate lying down?
2: They say it's better if you sit up. I don't know why.
1: Because I have fallen into this terrible habit that is ruining my... I'm exaggerating, but it's... (laughs) I go back and forth between being like, I've got to stop this and then being like, or maybe I could learn to love the fact that I like accept this. Um, so on the mornings that I'm working, I, a babysitter comes to watch Elliot to allow me to get some work done. Mm-hmm. And instead of just launching right into the work and being productive, I'm like, I'm just going to go back to bed for half an hour. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go back to bed for 40 minutes. Um because I have an electric blanket, and like the greatest sensual joy I experience in life is just lying under this electric blanket. I don't know, I don't know if I'm just cold all the time, but like I really, I think I've, I think I'm addicted to the. Bl- I, I did a live show up in San Francisco. I brought this blanket with me.
2: This is fantastic. I think How everybody so? should have. It not. First <laughs> of all, what are the what are the uh, what are the dangers of doing it? None. That's it's true. This is certainly not a bad habit. Like, let's say, you know what I need? I need a fifth of scotch before I start my day. Yes, that's damaging. This is pretty much exactly like meditation. Well,
1: this morning... You're taking time
2: for yourself. That's all it is.
1: As I was getting into bed this morning after telling myself I'm not going to do it, I think the reason it's beginning to feel like an addiction is because I keep being like, I'm not going to do it because I need to get stuff done. And then all of a sudden I'm under those covers again. (laughs) But this morning I'm like, wait a minute, how is this really that different than meditation? It's not. Except then I spent those minutes not falling asleep, which I mm-hmm. sometimes do, which is not meditation, but fretting over my anger at a company and their false Yelp advertisement. So I was like, this is... That's funny. This is... <laughs> but it was so not meditative because yes. I was just... But that happens. Ruminating.
2: Yeah. But then it, hopefully at the end of that, you say, let it go. Let it go. Let it go.
1: That hopefully one would. Yeah, want to hear it?
2: Well, that's part of hear what.
1: Hear why I'm so pissed at this. Okay, so this pharmacy uh, on their Yelp page it says get fifty dollars off your order. Mention Yelp fifty. So I placed my order. This is the the fertility clinic that I go to now. Refers most of their people to this specific pharmacy. I have spent so much money at this pharmacy. Um, So. Given you know fifty, it's it's not that much, but hey, fifty dollars just to say Yelp fifty. Yeah. Turns out you only get your Yelp fifty if you leave them a positive review oh. and mention the employee's name. Oh. And to do it, they wouldn't have been able to. Like, I would have to leave the review, then call them, then they could process the order the next day, and the meds wouldn't get here in time. Wow. The whole thing was. It made me so. Scam. Ang-
2: it really is. Yeah. It really is. So. You don't see the Hubble people doing that.
1: No. And I started. uh, I was talking to the woman on the phone, and I I was much more passionate about it than I intended to be. And I basically was like, "This is really (laughs) dishonest." I love that you
2: called them on it.
1: And it it nowhere. I'm like, all it says in the ad is say Yelp 50, which I did. um, And she she's going to kick it up to management, and and she can understand where they need to reword their ad. But I'm still
2: screwed. It made, but it made
1: me. I mean, it doesn't. The thing is, it's about the principle. Yes, it's. It's just about the principle.
2: Nobody likes getting ripped off. And my Nobody. Hu-
1: but my husband's advice is, is always: if it's about the principle, it's not worth it. He's like, huh. "Is it? Would it be sad?" Because I was like, "Should I spend time to... Di-? I don't know. Like, I, I really could." This has become my crusade. I get it. I, I've given up umami, and I hate getting ripped off. Yes! I can't
2: stand that feeling. And on I the other taken. hand, I love a deal. <laughs> well, that's what you have to look for now. Right, a look deal? for the deal. I will. Then you'll feel better. Okay, we love a deal.
1: All right. Let's see what else people need to know. Um, See the positive.
2: The positive. I know. There's so many
1: There's so many positives. It's
2: look at your boy. What I know. Look at him with his cake. This
1: is almost like pushing on a bruise or picking a like. There's almost some weird sort of. It's like cutting.
2: I get it. Like it's
1: really. I don't need. Thank. Thank God. I don't need that fifty dollars. It is really just an exercise in like. You people are in the wrong.
2: Yes. There's You're m- just the person that called them on it.
1: More, I, like a, If
2: only you had a platform where you could humiliate <laughs> them.
1: I know. And yet, I'm such a coward that I'm not saying their name because I don't you want- You just said th- it. No, I, I didn't. Didn't you say Yelp mm-hmm. 50? Isn't it Yelp? No, Yelp 50, but I didn't say the name of the pharmacy.
2: Oh. Why don't you say it?
1: I don't know. I'm like afraid that they'll be mad at me and then mess with my meds.
2: Go somewhere else. Yeah, you don't have to do it today. You think about I know? <laughs> it. Call me when you're ready.
1: It's three. I'll in- cheer you on. It's three initials, you guys, and they're based in Encino and Westwood.
2: I think we can guess what the three initials name is. Can you? Oh, it's
1: no. It's not a big chain. Oh, it's not like CVS or something.
2: Oh, thank God you said that because <laughs>
1: yeah, no CVS. I like that's where I get that's where I get my non specialty pharmacy stuff. Well, maybe you go there for this too. If only they had this kind of stuff. This is all
2: All fertility-related stuff. Michael
1: Galano. Go to Mexico. (laughs) I know. Michael Galano says, will you eat dog or cat? No! Who does that?
2: No. I know there are cultures that do it, and they're fine with it. I'm not fine with it. Yes, I'm a hypocrite.
1: Resist says... Would he mind discussing always quit again? I think it's such an under it's such underappreciated advice. When and I, I go, wish I was better at it.
2: When I go to colleges and speak to the kids, I give them this advice. Always quit. <laughs> it it sounds counterintuitive, but it means something. It doesn't mean always quit because oh this water is room temperature and I wanted it cold. It means you work on something as hard as you can and you're yes you're collaborating and yes you're trying to write the ship as best you can. You try to get it back on track. But if you can't, and your work is being compromised beyond where you feel comfortable, you must quit. Because that's all we have is our name. Your name is going on something. You're, you're, you know you could work, let's say you worked for an administration that was crooked, <laughs> and you felt, I can't live with this anymore. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You don't hang on just for the money. You don't hang on because because, uh, it may be inconvenient for you to go find another job or you're worried about where that money – you have to live with yourself and you have to live with your name and that's all we have. So quit if it's bad, right? The best advice I ever got – I might have said this on the show before. It's worth repeating. Do the show you want to do because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway.
1: And did you internalize this advice, Young?
2: No, I was I was 35 when I heard this. It was when I was writing the pilot for Everybody Loves Raymond. And the great showrunner from the past, Ed Weinberger, uh, who had done Mary Tyler Moore show and Taxi, a bunch of other shows, gave me that advice. Do the show you want to do because in the end they're going to cancel you anyway. And this is great life advice when you think about it. We all get canceled one day, so live your life. Mm-hmm. And Always Quit kind of comes out of that.
1: I love that because it is... Kind of a push against what I think is um, is often held up as like a great work ethic is the person who just puts their nose to the grindstone, goes along to get along, doesn't make waves. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and you may be labeled difficult. Right.
2: Because you have standards. That's all. I say go be difficult. <laughs> don't be, don't just Say, okay, because you want to be a team player. Yes, you, you're a team player, and you listen to every note that you get on your script or, or your show. And then at the end of the day, you do the show you want to do. Only you know mm-hmm. what's best for your show. Now, if you're a gun for hire, yes, you have to do what that show is doing. But if they take a moral left turn, <laughs> and suddenly you're in a snake pit, and you can't live with yourself anymore, you have to quit. You have to find something else.
1: I love that. All right. Let's do just me or everyone. First, I want to tell you guys I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash allison Rosen is where you go for that. There's different reward levels. There's bonus episodes. There's a live stream. Do it. Merch in the mail. It's so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. <laughs> just be me. Just gripe, <laughs> griping about a pharmacy. Maybe I'll <laughs> reveal the name of the pharmacy on mm. Patreon. Who knows? But it's also, it's also fun stuff. Uh. There's going to be, I think. Uh, so, I have a book coming out Great. April 10th, and we recorded the audiobook. You're selling and me a lot of things today. Alex. I really am. And Jeff sent me some outtakes <laughs> from the audiobook recording that I might put those on Patreon. Anything could happen.
2: What, were you like, your burped or something?
1: I don't think I burped.
0: <laughs> I think you burped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might have burped.
0: All of the above. <laughs> uh,
1: everything that could make you need to reset a sentence A half happening. hour of bodily noise. Just me going like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the sounds you made when you got flustered were hilarious. So I, I just started saving them as I took them out. Great.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen.
0: There are very few of them because, you, as we know... You don't make She's mistakes. pretty perfect. Yeah. Oh my
1: god, he had to zip the file to <laughs> get it to me. There's like four hundred yeah. of them. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I Another song. I something I have I this done. Is it just me or everyone? Cute. This is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just them, or is it everyone, and we weigh in. Jamos for A-Rose says, when I kick something under the table, have to look down to see if it is part of the table or another person. Mm. I don't always, but sometimes I'll like rest my foot on what I think is part of the table, and then I will suddenly get nervous that I'm (laughs) playing footsie with someone that is not... Who I don't who would, I sh- like would not be comfortable doing that with if I'm you know at a restaurant or something. Uh, so I can relate to this, but I don't always look down.
2: Here's the safe thing: if you bump something under the table, just say sorry. Covers everything.
1: Smart. Brent Hudson says, "I refuse to watch YouTube videos with computerized voice narratives." I'm not sure I've encountered that very
2: often. I don't even know what that is. What What the hell is that? I think maybe yes, like I don't a want to tutorial hear a computer voice.
1: Would it be a tutorial? Would it be a video game? What would, what would have this?
0: Yeah, I think a tutorial video or something where they have the computer talking. Talking. So yeah, they no would thank you. Yeah.
2: I'm with him. I can barely watch
1: a YouTube video with a human being talking. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, that really, that's really, I think, a demarcation line of my generation like, uh, and younger.
2: I don't like electronica music. That's I like okay. real instruments. Yeah. Is that all right?
1: Do you, are you, I imagine you're opposed to a drum machine.
2: It depends. I'm sure there are songs I love that have them and I don't know it. Right. Because I'm too busy dancing.
1: (laughs) Do you love dancing? No. (laughs) Uh, Jessica Williams says, Williamson says, I know I will have reached financial freedom when I can set all of my bills to automatic payment regardless of when payday falls. You know what's funny? I have... I, I have this fear of automatic payment just I don't and, and yet it would make my life so much easier if I just set right. things to auto pay
2: I think there there's a few things I have auto pay like mm-hmm. the, the DirecTV bill maybe right, right? yes gas, I think our cable is bill, auto pay right? so that that kind of that kind of you know you're going to have it every month right you don't want to be bothered yeah with stopping what you're doing to write that check mm-hmm. so that's it's convenient
1: see and that frees you up to be creative
2: yeah that extra minute <laughs> <laughs> but when that minute's up, I'm back to sitting on the couch with <laughs> chips. Right.
1: If you were going to eat chips, what are your favorite?
2: Oh, I love potato chips. That's it. like French fries and potato chips. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm as bad as everybody. These, this is my Achilles heel. Mm. I love it. Oh, that was a
1: question. Yeah. I'm- apologies to the person who sent in the question because I forget your name now because um, I'm not I'm looking at the questions, but I remember that you sent it in Someone wanted to know what is your guilty pleasure food that like people in the cooking world would would uh, be would shake their head at? I guess potato chips are
2: crap, right you, the, I, uh, it's one yeah. of the worst things you can eat French fries they say are one of the worst things right but but I don't want to live in a world without french fries <laughs> I really don't I'm doing it. I know. Even if they told me, you know, you're going to get cancer, your life will be shortened by 20 years. I'm like, oh, worth it. It's
1: really, yeah, it's really a toss up. How do you feel about steak fries?
2: Yeah, great. Really? It depends. I the, prefer I've a thin had fry. Great ones and bad ones. Yeah,
1: maybe I just haven't had the right. Haven't had good yeah. ones.
2: You're from the East Coast or no?
1: Uh, I'm from here, but I lived on the East Coast for nine years. You ever have
2: Nathan's French fries? They're very I unusual. Never did. They're they're kind of thick, but mm-hmm. crinkle cut, waffle oh, fries. They're amazing. I'm on
1: board. Shayle yeah. says. When in a room with strangers, like the waiting room at a doctor's office, I look around and wonder who would pair up with whom if huh. the world ended and we were the only survivors. I don't, but I feel like that's a good way to make time pass. I do look around, though, and do a fair amount of eavesdropping.
2: Nice. Uh, I guess there's the game of who who would you want to be with? I not Not pairing up other people. That's very... That's very socially minded for her to, to, she's run for president. She's got her eye on everyone
0: else.
1: (laughs) I'm thinking
2: like, who would I like in here? Right.
0: I do a version of this that Phil might appreciate or hate. Yes. Where when you're waiting for an airplane, you do that thing where you look at the people that are getting on the same plane as you. Yes. And then I go through them and I sort of play the game of, well, if our plane crashed on a tropical island, which one of these would I like to be with? Wow. And rank them. And then, <laughs> like and then I say, if this plane crashed in the Andes mountains, yeah, and there was no food, who would you eat? Who would I eat? In which order? And then I see if there's any overlap. And then I also, if I have enough time, I'll look at them and say, which one do I think would eat me, or try My to eat God. me? God, Allison, we should talk when he's not <laughs> <laughs> Really, this
2: is like. Wow, you're busy. You're a busy beaver on that plane, yeah. aren't you? you? He's got his lists.
1: I know. Now, d- yeah. Is there, is there? I feel like he's looking evidence? at me. He's
2: looking at me, and he sees a drumstick like in a cartoon. <laughs>
1: right. Question, Jeff. Mm-hmm. What qualities are you looking for in the person that you would eat? it like well, physical fitness.
0: No, because that person might be too stringy. Sinewy. Yeah. This is taking a very uncomfortable <laughs> turn. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. But,
1: but I still, to be fair, you to I've answer. never eaten anyone. No, I know, but you're prepared. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, like, what are, because if you see someone who's really overweight, like that, you're not going to be drawn to that. Right. I imagine. Right.
0: So you want someone that's, you, you don't want someone, you don't want someone that would be a game bird, somebody that would be a wild chicken in the world, in the world because then they're too sinewy. So pick a celebrity that you'd love to eat Jim Gaffigan. That How is interesting, Because
1: there's a little there's that is know, By the way,
0: didn't that come up really fast?
1: Yeah, like this is not the first time he's thought of it. That's sick in a way.
2: Allison,
0: yeah. see me in the other room. <laughs> I, I, but I think he would appreciate that because he's so into eating. Yeah, that he looks tasty.
1: This just came up on a show that I only recently got into. I mean, of course, I'd seen it before, but I had I had stopped watching The Bachelor because it's just just takes too long to get into it. Or it's also so I thought. by
2: the way. The End of Civilization.
1: in that too. Yeah. But but here I am watching it. And just last night, or at least last night on my DVR, a character, like she has this fun game where she has all these fun questions. She likes to ask people she's getting to know. And she asked The Bachelor um, if someone's dying wish was, it was something like, if someone's dying wish was that everyone tasted him at his funeral, would you do it? Just a just a normal date question, and he said no, and she was like, "You "You wouldn't." Well, what's wrong with her? (sighs) She's weird. She's also into taxidermy, and she ate a worm on air. But I think she's also on The Bachelor, right? There's that. Okay, Jeff.
0: I might eat somebody, but I would never be on The Bachelor.
2: (laughs) See, there are standards. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you.
1: And finally, Joe says, I try to park near the exit door of the grocery store so I have a shorter trip to the car with a cart when I'm done shopping. That's foresight. It Not only is it that, I mean, it is that, it makes me realize I've never, ever, this is a lack of foresight, never, ever thought about the trip back to the car right. with the cart. I only ever think of the trip to, to the, the grocery store. That's
2: called short-term thinking. And that's the problem with the world, Allison. I am if the
1: problem the with the world. If the world would be better
2: if we didn't think so short-term. Yes. Think about all the things. Like even the government. Right. Get it now. Screw later. Yeah. Let's borrow from later. Delayed. Don't worry about it later. And when you do that, you know what happens? There is no later. You've ensured that there is no later by your short ter- short-term thinking. People, come on. I know. Think about the parking near the exit, not the entrance.
1: I need, like, I have played chess a number of times in my life, yes. but I just don't love it because I don't want to have to think yes. that many moves Yes, It's ahead. hard. I guess that's the thing. Yes, I need it to takes challenge a my little brain little more. Thought. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All. Really does.
0: I actually like to park near the the little corral where the cart goes mm. back, because then when you have to return the cart boom, it's right there. That's
1: the ultimate long-term thinking. If
0: I get a spot right next to that little cart corral, I'm thrilled. I thought you were going to say,
2: I like to park near the longest line of people because then I could decide who I want to eat. Yeah.
1: But do you ever think, because this is my anxious thought with that, like, oh, if I park right next to the corral, someone might accidentally run their cart into my car.
0: You've seen my car, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Phil Rosenthal, it was delightful having you back on the show. I
0: love
2: being here. It's very nice to see you. It's so good to see you you, too. Don't eat me.
1: <laughs> Congratulations on the show. I'm so happy for you. I know that Thank it was uh, a, a frustrating struggle at times. But now? But now it's great.
2: Very nice.
1: Yeah. Tell everyone where they can go. Pl- pl- plug as only you can.
2: Netflix is where the show is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, Phil Rosenthal on Twitter. Phil.Rosenthal on Instagram. Something Phil Rosenthal on Facebook. I don't remember
1: perfect Jeff where do we find you
0: you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox
1: and follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen go to Allison Rosen I, I used to list all my social things now I'm just going to say go to Allison com and you can get to everything from oh. there there's Instagram it's Allison Rosen I wow. look I'm plugging it's Facebook there's stuff to buy on my website t-shirts ringtones etc thank you so much for being on the show Phil congratulations on the show nice seeing you Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
2: Hey, do
1: you know about the Allison
0: Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.